Well, praise God, I've got a lot to say, but we want to just, can I ask Veronica, please, to come again? Can you come, Veronica, and just play on that panel for a minute? We're going to welcome the president. Good to see you, Danny. God bless you, brother. Amen. Just noticed him in the corner. Glory to your name. Father, we just thank you for this day today. Today is the day that you have made, and Lord, we, we, we will rejoice in it, and we thank you for the good things that you have for your people. We thank you for your purposes. We thank you for your plans. We thank you for your seasons that you appoint for every local church, Lord, for every state, for every nation. And I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying for this time and season in our life. Father, that we would not be dull of hearing, amen, but we would be quick to hear and quick to obey. And Father, that we would position ourselves close to the Word of faith, the Word of God, and position ourselves in the presence of God to hear the directions and the directives of the Holy Spirit. Father, we, we thank you for this sensitivity, and we thank you, Father, that we all have a sense that you're moving in the world today. But Lord, you don't leave your children without understanding, without information, revelation. You want us to know your heart. You want us to know your will. You want us to know what you are charging us to do in this season. Father, I thank you that we're placing ourselves like the woman who sat at the feet of Jesus and washed his feet with her tears and with her hair and the others that would sit like Mary at the feet of Christ to listen and to hear what the Lord would say. Father, we thank you for this new shift in time of season where you're imparting revelation, truth, knowledge, vision, purpose, and plans. We thank you for this church, Father, that you've, your hand and your word and your presence and your purpose is upon City Light Church. And, and we thank you for the days that are ahead. We thank you, Jesus. You're a Lord, you're a Savior. We look to you. We keep looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But you are moving us forward and you are moving us onward. I thank you, Lord for the past and the blessings of the seasons that have been we've gone through hallelujah but Lord today is a new day and we again we want to hear your voice we want to know your ways we want to discern where you're leading what you're saying and where you're guiding hallelujah <clears throat> Lord Jesus we focus upon you this morning you're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the champion of faith. You're the victor of victors. You are the King of kings. Lord, we honor you. You are the head. <laughs> We're your body. We look to you. Will you come? Will you come and visit us in a special way, Lord God? Will you come and fill our hearts with your truth? Will you come, Holy Spirit, and bring glory and honor to the King of Kings and begin even now, Lord God, that you would bring a refreshing upon the body of Christ here at City Light, where people need a refreshing, Lord God, where people need encouragement, Lord God, where people need strengthening, Lord God, where people need a, a shot of faith in their spiritual arm, Lord God. I thank you that you are here to revive and recharge and re-energize and quicken your people, hallelujah. I just hear the Lord say, He is the God who redeems time. 
what would take us six months to recover, three months to get a job done, God says, I can do it in a moment by the Spirit of God in cooperation with your faith to receive all that He has for you. Come on, how many would like to accelerate some things in your life? Get to where you need to go quicker and faster and, you know, just God's speed, amen? There is an acceleration of God in the season that we're in, but it requires for you to lift up your head and say, Lord, I take it. I receive it. I need a miracle. I need it fast. I need an answer. I need it fast. I need direction, and I'm not moving till I receive those divine instructions from you. Lord, I'm at your feet. I need to hear from heaven. That's where we are, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint our ears, our eyes, and our heart to receive everything you want to impart to us today. And in the days closing into the year of 2023, blessed Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here to bring glory and honor to the King. Now touch your people, I pray. Even now, Lord, I just ask that you touch your people. Even now, Lord, we ask, we pray. Lord, bring the refreshing rain that Joel prophesied. The former rain and the latter rain coming together. Do you know the desert blossoms when the rain comes? The plants open up their face towards heaven when the rain comes. The flowers bloom and blossom and glow when the rain of the Spirit. I pray for that refreshing over your people individually, corporately over this house. Even now, we pray, let there be an impartation of refreshing in the heart and mind. It's not a time to put on your raincoats. It's a time to put on your sponge coats. Is that all right? Your sponge coats. Receive the refreshing, refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Receive the presence of Christ. Lord, you lift up heavy heads and you lift up wobbly knees and you strengthen arms that are weak. And I pray for an acceleration of faith, for healing for all those that are in your presence, God. Let, he, let your healing grace flow. Come on, let's drink that. Let's take that. Let's receive that. You can get touched right where you are. The Spirit of God lives in you and is over you and it is over us corporately. We thank you for your power, Lord. <laughs> Just since the glory of God over this moment and time with you today, His power is real. He touches us, He saves us, He heals us because He loves us. He loves you, church. Jesus Christ is the proof of that. And He gave His life on the cross for you and me. Never doubt His love. He loves you. And because He loves you, He wants to meet your needs this morning. He loves you. He knows every thought. He knows every concern he knows all the frustrations he knows the fears whatever it may be worries or 
pains that you're going through, he sees and he knows. So, Lord, right now, we thank you for your touch. <clears throat> we thank you for your touch. Can I just ask before I start, could we lift up our hearts? And if you'd like, lift up your hands. And, Lord, we just want to take a moment to say, yes, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Holy Spirit, fall on me. Lord Jesus, stretch out your nail-scar hand and touch people where they hurt, oh God. Touch people where they need you most, Father. We could quickly rush into the Word, and the Word's going to be good because it, the Word is good, but I want you to know we need to take time to make room for the Holy Ghost. Take, make room for Jesus' presence, amen? And so we're going to take that moment. Holy Spirit. He's coming with his glory. He's coming with his divine presence. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the oil. Hallelujah. Of Gilead. that that anointing will not only touch those that are here but Lord it will overflow into their families hallelujah come on get anointed so you'll carry that grace to your family we need revival for our family we need a touch for our family's sake we can't afford to miss out on what God has because we are the carriers and the vessels that he will use to pour out love grace compassion and wisdom for our families we need to get drenched and soaked and filled and in love with Jesus Christ over and over and over again because he is the desire of the nations Jesus 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 that's his name hallelujah <laughs> I don't know if you know that song we exalt thee but that's a great song we try close this last song let's sing we exalt could we do that corporately we spoke about unity this morning and we exalt thee together Lord
Father, every day of our lives, particularly today, we vow to give you all the praise for all that you've done, for all that you are going to do today. We give it back to you, Jesus. We give it back to Calvary. We give it back to honor you, to bring back the first fruits of our worship and honor and our work for the kingdom. We give it all back to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Veronica. That was really lovely. We'll have the PowerPoint if you don't mind. <coughs> I will try to get my paperwork together. I usually have an iPad, but we're going to have to work together with this. But um, let's get right into the message. It's kind of a mouthful of a message, but there we go. So let's read it. Stewarding our faith, redeeming the time, and taking new ground. Amen. I really feel the Lord is emphasizing a need to not rediscover, but revisit um, uh, our walk of faith. And uh, to look at that as the Word would have us to see uh, what faith is and see uh, what faith isn't and how we can cooperate with God to have stronger faith. But I believe God is also redeeming the time because the days are what? Evil. And uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that something is happening around the nations of the world, and it's getting chaotic, and it's getting darker, and it will continue. But the good news is Isaiah said, in the midst of all that darkness, our light will arise and shine in Christ to a world that really needs it. So we need not be afraid of darkness because the greater one, right, lives inside of us. We're not only talking about redeeming time, and we need to redeem time, but we need to also, church, to continue to take new ground. God didn't call us to just uh, buy a piece of property and just to remain there and hold our fort. And I'm thinking about Beulah land. You know, we, we're called to impact our community. We're called to uh, impact our world. We're called to take new ground. Amen? And faith is the vehicle. Faith is the gift of grace that he gives us to take God's word, take a hold of that and say, Lord, I'm not settling for yesterday's portion. There's new portions every day. How is your faith going? How is your faith really going? We're going to look at the Word and we're going to find out a few things. But the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that we are called to be, and as you well know, <coughs> excuse me, good and faithful stewards. Amen? We're all called to be good and faithful stewards. And there's so many places in our lives where we are called to be good and faithful stewards. I'm, I'm thinking about our, our life, our body, our temple. Have you know that is a very important place to be a good steward. We know our families are very important that we really, as husbands and wives, watch over our family, tend to them, love them, serve them. We're going to be accountable of how we managed our household. And so we, many things that we are called to, to uh, steward, as you would know, finances and so forth. But stewardship, I just want to highlight the fact that it involves an a holy entrustment by God Almighty to his saints. 
It's not just anything. It is something precious. It is something purposeful. It is something powerful. It is something that God wants to plant like a seed in your life that it would sprout, develop, grow, and become a fruitful blessing to the world. It's not without a purpose. God plants and God has designed you in such a way that you might bring Him honor and glory. Someone say entrustment. That is a good, a powerful, wonderful word, isn't it? God loves me. He believes in what He's called me to do, and He's entrusted certain things to you, but not without, and I want to be light about this, but it is a kind of a heavy thought, not without responsibility. And God is saying to me, my, you know, me, talking about my seed, but His church in general, that we need to really grow up in our faith and understanding that to be mature in Christ is to take responsibility. And as a church, we are responsible for our community. As a church, we're responsible for our neighborhood. As a church, we're responsible to pray for the nations of the world. My house shall be a house of prayer for the nations of the world. And so, with that entrustment comes responsibility. And how many of you know that Jesus, when he comes back, he will be looking for interest? I knew it was going to be tough. He's going to be looking for additional, multiplicational fruitfulness with the seed that he has entrusted and given to our lives. So that's really cool. When I think about Genesis chapter 2, 15, you know that so well. And how the Lord put Adam, his man, in the garden. How many remember that? When God put, <coughs> excuse me, Adam into the garden. It says in Genesis 2.15, Then the Lord took the man, sorry, and then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend, to keep, to guard, and to watch over. Praise the Lord. So Adam was not only entrusted with uh, authority, but he was what we would call a trustee of the land. He was an overseer of the land and of the garden, and he enjoyed doing what God called him to do. In fact, he had all the equipment, he had all the grace, all the talent to actually do everything God put him in the garden to do. And when God calls you, he also anoints you and graces you and equips you to be able to do everything, not in your own strength, but through the power of the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we can look at that and see that we are to, to, to tend and to guard and to keep those entrustments, the different kinds of things that the Lord has given to him, given to each of us. Amen. And all of us know about the ten talents, the ten talents, you know, uh, there in um, the book of Matthew, chapter 25, he gave talents to different people and... Many of them, a number of them came back, and Jesus, I mean, the, the landlord came back, and he said, what did you, what did you get, in, what's your interest, what did you gain from me? And some said, I've gained this, and I've gained that, and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Then he went to the other servant, and he hid his talent, and I often think about that, and he had nothing to prove or nothing to show with the investment, and of course, that, wasn't, that landlord, as we know, wasn't a very happy camper with that. So... My point being is this, the Lord is going to, he's invested something precious, invested in something powerful, and he's looking for fruitfulness. He's looking for productivity. You say, well, I've tried, I've done this and that. Keep believing the word, keep doing what God's asked you to do. It's his job to grow the life of Jesus and the word of God in your life. We just need to keep being obedient. Is that a good word? 
continue to do his will. So my question today is I have been taking personal inventory over my area, different areas of my life. How am I doing with my family? How am I doing with my finances? How am I doing with my church? How am I doing with my faith for healings and miracles? And how am I doing for soul winning? How am I doing? And I, the older I get, the more I think I better start thinking about what I'm called to do and make sure that I am being fruitful, digging ditches and nurturing and watering and um, fertilizing those places that I know God has called me to. Because I don't want to come on that day and hear him say, well, you could have done better or this or that. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. So questions I'm going to ask <coughs> this morning is, how are we doing? What am I presently doing? And can I make improvements? How many know it's never too late to start again? Never too late. So in the area of stretching my faith, I was just thinking, um, you know, an area where I wanted, where I've been, someone asked me a question the other day. They said, how is it that you can travel for the last 33 years into different nations and you break into the nation and you have relationships and you've started a couple of churches, different places. How is it that you've actually done that? And I was just thinking about that. That was quite an interesting thought because 33 years we've been in the mission field. And I have to tell you that faith begins with a start. I begin to work my faith. God called me to Israel. I went to Israel. I had to discern God's ways and figured out his plan for my life there. Then he moved me over to Cyprus and Finland and so forth. But my point being is that when we exercise our faith, it gets stronger. You know, the muscles of faith that you use will become a muscle of strength that you will have so that you can continue to do great and mighty things. I'm believing God for my family, for our church, for our community, our finances, and I'm believing God with you that we are taking new ground. But how many have ever thought for the fact that we're called to be <coughs> good stewards of our faith? Amen? We're called to be good stewards of our faith. And I'm talking about the faith that the Lord has actually given you. I've got the steward of your faith, redeeming the time, taking new ground. Now, he's given us a measure of faith. Romans 12, 3 says, we can't say that we, we don't have faith, but look what God says. God has dwelt to each one a measure of faith. So no one can say that we don't have faith. It's a measure of faith, but it's the faith that you use will become a greater faith that God uses you to bring blessing and honor to the kingdom. And so Paul himself, you know, over the years, particularly his latter years, began to evaluate himself and begin to think to himself, well, I need to be sure that I'm still in the faith, that I'm still moving forward, I'm still believing God, I'm still, you know, um, I have active, expectant faith in my life, and I'm doing the will of God. And so we see Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, says test, you're welcome to read that with me, <laughs> test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers examine yourself so this morning I'm talking about being a good steward of our faith to believe God for the will of God the promises of God and the commission of God that he has given to each of us today <clears throat> so are we using the faith that we already have come on have when's the last time we believed God for some faith project or something you're believing God for your family, for your community? Are we exercising our faith? Is our faith growing and is it developing? Is it a big swollen muscle or is it a tiny little stick? You know? 
you know, God doesn't want us to be lazy with our faith. Many times we exercise our bodies because it is our temple, but we need to exercise our spiritual faith, the spiritual muscle of believing God, like a bulldog holding on to the promises of God and refusing to give in and to give up. Me and my whole household shall be saved, period. I don't care what it looks like. They shall be saved, amen? They're going to go to heaven, and they're going to bring a lot of people with them. But Paul went on to say that his faith was always in tip-top shape. And at the end of his life, he was able to say, I've kept the faith. Let's read. I fought the good fight of faith. Come on, let's say the, the good fight of faith. It's already been won. But I have, finished the ra- I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Come on, he has kept the faith. Our testimony at the end of our walk with Jesus is that we have not let go of our faith, but we've kept that faith. We've kept it solid. And no one's going to steal the fire of God from your heart. All right, and then, of course, look at the reward of that. Sorry, finally, there is laid up for me, that's you, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. We need to be full of faith, doing his will, doing his work, but looking forward for the day that he will come back. And I want to be the first to say, here I am, Jesus. I mean, when the horn of Michael, whoever's going to blow the horn at the rapture, if you believe in the rapture, I happen to believe in the rapture of the church, when that horn goes off, I don't want to go, oh, I need to get right. I want to say, here I go, beam me up, Scotty. You know, beam me up, Lord. I want to be ready, but it's going to, re- it's going to require a commitment every day. It's going to require that we choose to be sold out for God. The danger for the New Testament church in this century is found in the sin of lukewarmness. When, you know, even a lobster doesn't even know he's being boiled alive when you put him in lukewarm water. You surprise him. You put him in lukewarm water, he thinks he's having a good little jacuzzi bath. And before you know it, that heat gets a little bit hotter, he gets faint, he passes out, and he is red meat for the dinner table. What am I saying to you? Lukewarmness is the most scariest place to be because there's a form of deception there. I'm okay, I go to church, I do my thing, I pay my tithes, but my relationship with Jesus needs to be rekindled. We need to return to our first love. How many want to be sure we're all going to make it? Return to your first love. Do the first works that you did when you were born again. There's always a new day, a new opportunity to start afresh. So when Christ returns, this is going to be interesting, but when Christ returns, my question is to you, what is he looking for? Let me know that in Luke chapter 18, I'll quickly read, I don't think I have that, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? He's not looking for your jacuzzi. He's not looking for your Cadillac. He's not looking for this and that. He's looking for faith in him. Not only faith in him, but obedient faith, expectant faith, continual faith. Jesus is looking at my... So that made me think. If he's coming back for faith, how is my faith life doing? Is it on hold? Is it on pause? Is it on glide? Or is it red hot saying, I'll 
going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to see souls saved in my lifetime. Hallelujah. So, it's important <laughs> that um, we grow a strong and vibrant faith in the Word and in a relationship with God. And faith that we have exercised, used for the glory, will bring expansion and blessing for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you uh, that I believe the Lord is basically speaking about um, uh, the faith of Abraham. How many would like to have the faith of Abraham whose faith did not waver, but grew strong? The Bible says his faith did not waver. Let's see where we go here. Out here. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Someone lift your hands. That's me. I'm going to believe God. That's me. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, 19. God is looking for faith. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself, what? Strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, faithful to him, and faith-filled. He's looking for loyalty. He's looking for faith-filled believers. So how do you do that? You position yourself every day to eat the word. You position yourself every day to pray the word. Guess what? We position ourselves every day to receive the word because it's a now faith. Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is not on hope for tomorrow. You receive it now. The Bible says, by his stripes you are healed. I don't have to get my head involved. I say, now faith is. I receive that. You do it by faith. God does his part. Your part and my part is to believe. Abraham had an unwavering faith, and that's really powerful. Let's read Romans 4, 20 through 21. <clears throat> he did not waver at the promises of God through what? Unbelief. That's another biggie in the house of God. The opposite of faith is what? Unbelief. God, could I actually be walking in some areas of my life where faith is not being produced or alive and I'm not activating my faith, being obedient to what I know to do? Could that very well be unbelief? This is a very good time to take inventory of how we are stewarding our faith. Through unbelief, but was what? I love it. It didn't stay there, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he who had promised, he was also able to perform. Here's the deal about faith. It's not your performance. It's faith in his. Faith in the finished work of Christ. You did so well there, brother, sharing a communion. It's what he has done, what he has accomplished. We simply say, Lord, I believe. If we start to say what I can do for you and what my righteousness can do for you, we're going to miss the mark and we'll never reach that place. Christ is our all in all. So can someone say amen to that? So he grew strong in faith. One translation says this. Well, I don't have that there, but I'll read it here. <clears throat> it says this. He grew strong and was empowered by faith, giving praise and glory to God. How many want to be empowered by the Holy Ghost? through your time in the Word and time in devotion. I believe that's going to be awesome. How many know that we're called to go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, to a greater glory? We're never supposed to park. We're never supposed to uh, pitch a tent, but we're to continually be changed. I don't know about you, but to me, the greatest side of maturity is not how much knowledge I know, for me, it's how much am I changing to be more like him?
How much am I loving? How's my love thermometer? How's my forgiveness thermometer? How's my patient thermometer? How am I going, Lord? So as we behold him and his word and are doers of the word, we can be like Father Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Amen. How many know that we're to always keep going and never giving up? Is that right? Amen. Never, ever. If you're tired, you're tired. Go to God and say, I'm tired, Lord. I need your help. I need your grace. Yeah. That word grace is becoming so strong as I turn 63 I'm thinking, Lord, I need your grace today. And God says, oh, there's ample supply. The heavens are unlimited with the grace of the Lord Jesus. Just call upon me. I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Amen. We just have to call them. But 1 Thessalonians says this. Always give yourselves. Come on, what's the word? Fully to the Lord. Come on, I want to encourage you today. We've got to be fully in, not halfway in. We've got to be fully committed, not partially committed. We've got to get the religious mode out of our lives and start applying real, genuine faith to what we believe. Amen. So that scripture spoke to me. I need to continue to always be fully committed to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So one of the areas where God has been speaking to me and personally is I've been contending for many years, you know, uh, believing God for people to be healed. And over the years, we've seen a handful of people healed, but nothing like I know Jesus wants to do. We had Mark Hemans last week, last year. By the way, Mark Hemans is going to be here at City Light again on Australia Day. Hallelujah. He's coming full force, and he's coming with his team. He's going to preach the gospel. People got saved, healed, and delivered, and he's coming again. And I believe we're going to see your community, our community, really saved and touched by the Lord. He's unique. He's different, but he believes he's biblical because he gets things from the Word. So there you go. But he's coming, and so I've been contending for healing. One day I went to our property. We have property there in Campania, and I was walking around our shed for about a week every day. I was just walking. It wasn't fasting, but I was praying, and I said, God, we really do need to see people healed, and it's just not happening the way I think it should be happening, the way your word says it should be happening. It's not happening. So I went around my shed many times during the day, and secretly, nobody knows doing that, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, I want to release my faith and say, you are the God who heals, healeth thee. You are the God of miracles because it's in your word. Too late, I already found it, you're a healer. <laughs> but now it's a question of, am I going to believe that word? Am I going to contend for that word? Am I going to pray for that word? Am I going to put faith to that word? So I said, God, we need to see miracles. We need to see people saved. We need to see people healed. We need to see the power of God to confirm that our word is not powerless, but it is powerful. Come on, we need both the word and the power of God working together if it's going to be the full, complete gospel. Not halfway, one way. It's all of Jesus or whatever, all right? So anyway... So I began to pray about that and forgot about it. A week went by. I was sitting, I was, I was leading the worship in our service and uh, worshiping the Lord. Wasn't thinking about healing, just worshiping the Lord. The Lord's presence was in the room and uh, our congregation was really caught up in, in the presence of God when suddenly <clears throat> I felt uh, like a hot, hot heat on my ankle and um, I just thought maybe it was a swollen ankle or something like that. And um, as I continued to worship the Lord, it got hotter and hotter 
and hotter. It almost felt like sunlight was coming in from a window and a magnifying glass was on my ankle and the fire of the heat of my ankle was unbearable. And I just shouted out, my God, church, my ankle's on fire. That's all I said. I mean, I just said what I said and nobody knew what was happening. I said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. And it just dawned on me that maybe God was going to heal someone's ankle and he was just using my foot to get my attention. And I said, is there anyone here that has a problem with their ankle? The soundboard guy in the back, he's in his 40s. He's fairly new to the church at that time. He raised his hand. I said, what happened to you, Paul? He said, well, about 33 years ago, I crushed and cracked and broke my ankle in three places. I haven't been able to go to the army, haven't been able to ride my motorcycle. I am on debilitation, and I walk with pain for the last 33 years. Well, we didn't feel goosebumps or great anointing. We just knew God was speaking, so we were obedient. We brought him forward. So maybe that word's for you. I believe it was for you. So the congregation got around him. We prayed for his foot. From that day forward, his ankle was instantly healed. He's riding his motorcycle. He's kicking his leg, wearing boots he couldn't wear. And he, was, he needed that encouragement because he's a fairly new believer. And God did a miracle. And guess what? We weren't trying. <laughs> We were not trying, but we prayed, and we believed, and we waited, and we trusted when the Spirit was moving, just to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. If you will cry out for the things you need most, God has an ear to hear you. In the secret place, in the quiet place, in the, in the closet, He hears you. This is a word of confirmation. He loves to hear you in the secret place. He loves to hear you corporately. Amen. Then... The next week, there was a lady that went blind for the last six months in our, in our you, know, you know, Robin, Robin, your sister, hallelujah. Yeah, Robin, uh, it's a long story, but she has had several number of transplants in her eye, and uh, one of her transplants was going really bad, and she could see only uh, a white film, and the other one was white film, and she was basically blind for about six months until she got new eyeballs, and so, new eyelids, or whatever it is that she got, so... What is it? Corneograph. There you go. That's it. Thank you for that. And so she had to stay at home. She couldn't drive. We had to take her to church, which is a blessing and a pleasure, but she was really blind and legally blind. I said, can you see anything? No, just white film, Anthony. So we went over after church. We were quite tired, but we decided to go visit her, lay hands on her, lay hands on her head, and prayed a simple prayer of faith. Well, Monday went by, Tuesday went by. We had a phone call, and she says, I can see everything now. And I'm, I'm going, haven't we been doing this, Lord, laying hands on the sick for the last 20 years? What are we doing different? He says, I'm accelerating time and I'm answering your prayers. And she got her driver's license, which was a miracle, not shortly after that. There was another lady who was worshiping the Lord in our service and she had a crook finger most of her life. It never got up and in the service it shot up and she was free for the first time. In her life. I thought, what? And again, I'm looking back thinking, we didn't have anything to do with that. Right? I mean, sometimes I go, in the name of Jesus, you know, in the name of Jesus, we, we can do our faith. God honors faith and he honors prayer and laying on of hands. But this was happening because we were just in the presence of the Lord. So I'm going to encourage you that you can, you can grow in your faith for healing. Amen. How many want to be used by the Lord? Yes. Come on. God's given us hands to use. In Jesus' name. Now, let me just quickly tell you something. My father 
Many, many years ago, he's a mighty man of God when he got saved, but most of his life he was not born again. He was Catholic. He was a banker, vice president at a bank in Houston, Texas. He went to the bank, and uh, he said, I have a problem uh, to the doctor there. They have a special doctor for vice presidents. He said, I have two lumps on the side of my, th my neck, and it's been there for three months, and I just don't know what it is. So they took tests and everything, and they found out he had terminal four cancer. He wasn't saved. And so my family and I, we were young in the Lord, but we had faith, and we said to the Lord, now, Lord, we know his life is not finished, and we're going to believe God for healing. And so we begin to pray. But I said to the Lord, I'm not going to even pray one prayer until you give me a word, uh, a sure prophetic word that I can stand on. And this is the word that God gave me. Are you ready? You read it. This is a good scripture for basing your faith. God is not a man <clears throat> that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, <coughs> and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Amen? So I said to the Lord, God's not a man that he should lie. And I said in my heart back to God, because this is true, I will do the believing part. And we prayed for my father, stood in faith. He, was, he only had three months to live. In three weeks, every trace of those tumors vanished and disappeared. And he lived to share that and bring glory and honor to the Lord for that. So I'm stretching my faith, but you're going to need a sure word of prophecy. You're going to need a word. You're going to need the word of God to inspire your faith. A go-to place in your Bible that says, this feeds me. This is my anchor. This is my faith. I am trusting in this word in my life. Hallelujah. But let's talk about activating our faith very quickly and moving quickly. We need to not only have knowledge, but we need to activate our faith. We know that faith is born through the knowledge of the revealed word of God. When the word reveals God's purpose and plan, that is when faith is born. Amen. So we find it in God's Word, and He's going to do great things. And so I want to take you to how faith grows. Romans 10, 17, you know that. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, very interesting, in the Greek, uh, hearing is also closely related to the word understanding. The more you put yourself in position to hear the Word, revelation comes in understanding of the heart and mind of God, and you believe it, and you begin to take that. So, it comes by positioning yourself around the word hearing, understanding, taking, and believing. But one thing I want to close with you and talk to you a little bit about before we pray is that you can have a confident faith. Not a wishy-washy faith, not a sometimes faith. You can have a confident faith. How many know that believers today are not, not aware that you can actually be confident in God? Now, there's some things I don't know, I mean, about my future, but as far as His Word's concerned, I can so this is the confidence, John says, that we have in him. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, in him. He's not talking about your neighbor. In him, in Jesus. Our confidence is not in Anthony preaching. It's in him, the word of God, in Christ. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask some things, no, anything according to his will, that's the key. Your mind needs to be re renewed with the word of God so that you ask according to his will. And if you're reading the Word and your mind is being renewed, you're going to ask right every time pretty much, except who to marry. That's always a hard one. You know, 
Sometimes you don't know who you can marry. And if we know that he hears us, I'll start again. Uh, according to his will, he heareth us. That's really important. According to him, his will, he hears us. So we pray, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions desired for him. So all we have to do is pray according to his will. He hears his will. And it, in my mind, I would go as far as say, if it's biblically based and it's the right thing to ask, it's almost a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Recently, it's a guarantee, right? Because he says, I listen to my will, I hear my will, and I answer my will, and you can have confidence in the fact that I'll watch over my word to perform it. It takes faith to believe that, doesn't it? About three months ago, something happened to me, and it was a real challenge. Um, I had um, pain in my side, and I found I had a hernia. I went to the surgeon to look at that, and I'm believing for healing, but, you know, it just was there. We're all challenged in different areas. And I said to him, my hernia's on this side, but I have pain on this side to the doctor. He said, let's take another CT. Some of you probably know our testimony already. This was about three months ago, and I took a CT. I went to my GP, and he said, Mr. Castro, we found something. I said, what did you find? He said, we found a golf ball-sized tumor on the side of your bladder. Wow. Okay. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, great. So my faith kicked in, and I said, well, that might be the fact, but I just want you to know I believe in a healer. I've seen Jesus heal many people of different things, and I'm telling you, he's a young doctor, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to come back in a few weeks, and you're going to find that it's all gone. Jesus is going to heal me. I said it just like that. To, you know, to over, overcome the fear, overcome the, the dread, I had to say something in faith, and I was not going to leave that man's office with a bad report. I was going to give him the good report, and I'm believing that he's going to be saved. Anyway, I went back to the urologist. He said, we need to take deeper CTs. We need to take more scans, um, ultra, ultra, ultra scans or whatever. Sounds, thank you very much. And they took four in that day, and I thought, my, they're filling up with ink. And, and so I left, and, um, and when I left to go to Eastlands, uh, they, the radiology called me again, and they said, Brother, Mr. Castro, you need to come back quickly. We need to take another CT. I said, why? He said, just come in. So I came in. I had to die in my body. They didn't want me to come back again. I did another CT. There was like five tests in all. When I came out of the CT room, put my clothes on, um, the doctor, the head doctor of the radiology makes a beeline towards me, and she says, Mr. Castro, we found something that's very unusual. Come into this room. I went, dear Lord, it's got to be good, and I was in faith. And so we went into the room. She did another, you know, scan, what jelly scan scans, and and uh, then she read the, and she goes, Mr. Castro, your golf ball-sized tumor has now turned to a sagging, hanging balloon. And we don't understand it. <laughs> I understand it. You understand it. And they said, we've never seen anything like it. She says, the really funny part about it, it's hanging so low on your bladder, it's connected to your hernia, and when they fix your hernia, all they have to do is snip it. Dear Lord, what an awesome God we serve. You know what? I want to tell you something. I did not need six months of being in the hospital. I did not need interruptions. We're building something on our property. We have 
releasing a website for evangelism. I had everything in the world going at that moment. And the devil said, uh, I'm going to throw this report. But my, tr my, my point was I chose to say, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. And this is what I prayed. And I want to encourage you with this. I'm coming to a close. And I said this. I said, dear Lord, I said, thank you for healing. And sometimes that takes time. But I'm not asking for healing. I need a miracle and I need it now. Please, God. <laughs> he did exactly that. I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a time where God is accelerating what the devil has stolen and is trying to steal in your life. He's going to, a miracle is putting you back on track where you should be in him and even better. I got a testimony now. I have to tell you something. I'm going to go rogue with this revelation. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, he sets you free, and he's coming back again. I'm going to go rogue. I could care less what anyone says. I'm going to go, he lives, he lives, he lives. I mean, whatever it takes, I'm going to get the message out. I'm going to do it my style, which is the only style I have is me, Anthony, right? So, <laughs> that's it, me. You've got, so, gosh. So, so we can have a faith-filled confidence, but we must get rid of all doubt and uncertainty in our hearts. You can't have faith if you're still believing healing's not for today or this is not for baptism of the Holy Spirit's not for today. We need to side with God's word. We're moving quickly and the challenge of us is to continue to raise the bar of faith. How many would like to see the bar of faith raised for souls and more people coming into the kingdom? Growth and development of the church, your finances and to be changed more and more like his image. Let me just quickly show this scripture and I'm moving quickly. And it's important that if we have knowledge and not, no works, we're going we're gonna to miss it. James 2 says, 17, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So we need to mix our faith with the word. Amplified says, So also, faith, if it does not have works, that is, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power. I said, Lord, what is faith? He said, it's loving trust, but it's also obedience. Yes. Is it faith obedience? He says it, I believe it. He says to do it, I do it. It's simply taking a step out on the water and says, God, if you said it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to do it. And so we know that we can have knowledge, but if we don't mix it with faith, it profits us nothing. A lot of head knowledge, a lot of doctor's degrees, a lot of books on your shelf, but no fruit for the supernatural power of God. Because we've got to pull it down and say, Lord, I believe, I take that right now by faith. I just take it, and I thank you for it. I trust him to work it out. Amen. So we're moving on very quickly here. Now, to do that, we're going to have to pay attention to the word. Look what Proverbs 4, 20, 20 through 22 tells us. My child, pay attention to what I say. Come on. That's where faith is born. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to whose words? To my words. Don't lose sight of them. There's a lot of opinions, a lot of internet things you know, about situations and how the world's going and sickness and disease, but we've got to determine not to lose sight of the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to all their body. My question is, what are we focusing on? What are we, what are we drinking? What are we eating? God's been dealing with me about scrolling over the last six months, you know, Facebook scrolling. All right, let's read this. We're coming to a close. I'm running at the last end. 
Therefore, Hebrews 10, 35 to 38, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Why? Which has great reward for you need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So it's all about receiving the promise, but you need endurance and you need to never give up. Verse 37, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. He's coming soon. Now the just shall live by faith. Listen, but anyone who draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Someone say, let's keep the, the faith light on. Let's be believers and not naysayers and doubters. If my words do not line with the word of God, I need to repent. Because I am siding against the creator of the universe. And I don't want to commit that sin anymore. A season of activation. He's doing a quick, quick work. Let me take you very quick to a scripture I want to share with you. Hebrews 3.15, read that with me. Today, someone say today, not tomorrow, but today if you will what? Hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. To not walk in faith, the Lord told me, is to actually be, I will not believe that. I choose to believe something else. It is a form of pride and rebellion. I said, Lord, what do you, how, do, how do we harden our hearts? And the Lord says, you harden your heart because you fail to obey my word. Ooh, that hurt me. You harden your heart because you choose to be disobedient to my word. So that kind of wakes me up a little bit. But here's the scripture I want to leave with you as a church. Well, I'll read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I've seen. Now faith is. Keep your faith switch on very quickly. God's redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now listen to this. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity. God is going to give you opportunity, and you're going to have to decide if it's the door that God would have you to take and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Here's the word of the Lord, and I believe this is where he's bringing us into. If we don't give up, if we don't fight, you will reap a great reward. There'll be a time of acceleration. Your churches will grow. Your churches will be filled. There'll be great uh, things happening in our kingdom community. Behold, the days are coming. I believe we're here. We're just entering it because the days are very dark, says the Lord. When the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seeds, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. That is talking about a season where the moment you plant, you're already reaping. When you pray, you're already receiving. How's God going to finish this up? He's going to pour out his spirit and he's going to do a quick work in our lives. So I close with this. I said that several times. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Where is it? Even our faith. That's the victory if we dare to use our faith and believe our faith and to take in the promises of God. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And uh, I just want to go on saying that... Church, we need to be reminded that all of heaven is behind your faith. It's a new day, it's a new hour, and you and I have been mantled with the victory of Christ. Are you getting ready for your harvest? Are you getting ready for an outpouring? 
Jesus is bringing increase, and we need to use our faith. We don't have to. We get to because we love him. That's important. So, Lord, we thank you today that you are just encouraging us to shore up our faith, to strengthen the roots of our faith. Father, to go back to the places where perhaps we were red hot believing for souls and we couldn't stop telling people about Jesus, where we had faith for the supernatural, where we wanted to see people healed and made whole. Perhaps you used to pray for people and they had baptism. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and maybe you have a ministry um, that you want to see grow and develop. And um, you have all these things in our spiritual heart and in our oven. And I just pray that you would remind us of the things that you've entrusted. Uh, if there's a call to a nation... God says that call is still his call. Maybe stir it up in prayer, stir it up in strategy, stir it up with the plans of God. You know, we need to revisit these places. And God says, look to me and I'll strengthen you. And as you step out and as you put your hand to the plow, God's grace and God's anointing is going to cause you to make headway and take new territory and, new, and, and, and your inheritance from the Lord. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would encourage your people to stir up the gift of faith, to stir up their personal faith in you and in what you would have them to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Holy Spirit. Veronica, if you would come, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? It's not what you do, it's what he does. I just believe you need to look to him. That's how your faith's going to come alive. Let's look to Jesus. Do you know that song, Turn Your Eyes to Jesus? Let's do that because it's not about willpower or flesh power or man-made power. It's by beholding him. Amen? And so we want to sing that song and we want to declare that. And as we do, he's going to revive you. He's going to touch you. He's going to strengthen you. God knows you cannot do it without Him, so don't put the burden on yourself or any frustration or a sense of, I have to do this. No, you get to do it, but you're going to do it by looking to Him. So, Lord, we turn our eyes upon you today. We give you praise. We give you glory. Let's sing that song, if you, if you would. And... Turn your eyes upon Come on, he's worthy to look at. His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Let's sing it again to him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Come on, he's the lover of your soul. His wonderful faith. And the things and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light. Glory we just take a sea line moment, Father, and we just give it all to you, turn it all over to you. We look to you to be our strength, our inspiration, our faith. And I thank you for an impartation 
of the Holy Spirit drawing us to Christ, drawing us to the Word, drawing us to what you've entrusted to us. You know, children are an entrustment from the Lord. If you're a mom and you've got children, you're like an ambassador of Christ to your family because you're going to raise up. You are ambassador of Christ, but you're, gonna, you're like an ambassador of heaven because you've got a call to impact and to influence generations. So no matter where you are, you're significant and you're important. Your sphere of influence is unique. No one has got the sphere of influence that you have. Rejoice. There's work to be done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask this question today. Brother Anthony, I felt this message was speaking to my heart this morning. And although I love the Lord, I serve the Lord, I do things for the Lord, I realize perhaps that the Lord is highlighting some areas where I used to believe God for things. And I've kind of like put it on the shelf. I'm not going to embarrass anyone here today. I'm going to raise up both hands for me because I've been there. And you say, Lord, I used to be a soul winner. I haven't seen a soul for the last five to ten years. Something's got to be wrong. And I think I need to probably take that responsibility. Jesus. I ask Holy Spirit. He never moves in con condemnation, but divine sweet conviction. And he says, you can, you can rise up afresh in this area of your life. If it's the call to the nations, come on. It's a call to the nations. He'll give you a new plan and a new strategy. He'll give you new eyes to see the people groups that God has called you to. He wants to do things fresh. He's not a stalemate father. He's a fresh manna, heavenly father. Amen. He wants to give you fresh vision, Rebecca. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. Your faithfulness, Lord, to each of us. You've been so faithful, so good. Where would we be without you? And I just pray right now that your presence would draw us to Jesus. Come on. Your presence will draw us to Jesus. In this Selah moment, begin to just ponder. Begin to just think, Lord, where is it that I can put my hand to the plow again? Where can I revive my first love again? Is it spending more time personally with you, fasting a day or two, whatever? Whatever it is that he asks you to do. He's done everything. Our response is, Lord, I love you. I, I serve you. I will obey you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just prophesied, decree, and declare in the name of Jesus that God is strengthening and empowering your faith. From this day forward, you will come up with plans and ideas from the Lord and the Holy Ghost and from the Word of God that you will implement and you will be a seed that you will plant in the... In your, by your faith into, the, into prayer and that seed will grow and it will manifest and it will become a rooted tree and it will bring forth abundant fruit. John 15 says that my Father is glorified when we have abundant fruit. Abundant fruit. But it comes in Him and by Him and through Him when we partner in faith to Jesus. Amen and amen.